Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. The Around the NFL Podcast. Bang, bang, ATN gang. From Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Around the NFL. Super Bowl week, show three of four on our final show from Radio Row as we head into the weekend and then the biggest football game of thy year. Dan Hans is here with the heroes, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. And yes, we got another great show coming up. Great guests, great conversations. We'll go over NFL honors, uh, the Hall of Fame announcements, uh, make our game predictions, some sandwiches on the line. Let's have some fun. Last show of the week before Super Bowl 58 kicks off. No fun will be had. We are serious football people. I don't think we are. That sounds like Greg when we drove by the pinball museum and he's like, wait, what's pinball? You were definitely born on a different planet. But Greg explained, but that was stunning to me. The humans will know. My brain just wasn't working. (laughs) I was thinking candle, like it was a different version of candle pin bowling because it looked like a bowling alley or something. I was like, what the hell? And let's not lose the sight that there is an actual pinball museum. Yeah. What is... I think there could be some cool items in there. We're talking like 1972 pinball machine. with The Gen Xers are definitely feeling the pinball I'm not. Saying, I, I'm yeah. not rushing over there, but I, I. I think it might have some charm. It is. It is sad that the pinball has lost its cultural cachet, but the museum is here for those who are still. Yes, it is. How are you feeling, Mark? How are we? You know what? Like I am just here to do like what I could do the best I can. Um, no, I'm not. It's like it's 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 Wait. one. Of, it's a lost <laughs> Super Bowl week on keep some level. Like, that every time. But, because I, 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 I don't think I've seen Las Vegas at all. I feel I've, I've been in my hotel room and then wheeled over. To uh, this facility, and then we have back, been taking so. Mark to the set in a wheelchair. Uh, people should know the, the full story of what's happening here. Yes, we uh, Dan and I did um, you know the rarely tried Bang Bang, bang last bang. night. Uh, two dinners, both you know great great Wee. company. A six o'clock dinner w- with our producer Eric and uh, and our great friend Matt Casey from NBC. And then when we're on our way to the second dinner, where we're going to see Handsome Hank and, yes. and our friend Connor Orr, 
we actually saw this is an all-timer yeah. a young man wearing young man. his name is will soystrom <laughs> and uh will was wearing a sweatshirt with our faces on it the old uh, room full of heroes sweatshirt that someone had like sort of illegally made and sold right. on our behalf and that's fine it's good to spread it's, well, it'd be nice if we made a dollar of merch <laughs> income at some point in our careers right, but, but that's, yes. that's not will's fault i no, like that he was, will. the fact he was repping repping us and we just walked by him uh, in the casino was an amazing moment. Like everybody's minds were appropriately blown <laughs> yeah, by well, just the happenstance of it all. And then yes. he was like, where's Mark? And we're like, well, Mark's under the weather. He was Well, I, I, I always, whenever anything happens, there's an air of disappointment from Dan and Greg, and I think they vaguely, kidding, vaguely right? don't believe that I've been ill, but I've been <laughs> no, in we, my hotel room the entire time. We believe time. you. We believe you, Mark. I, I, yeah. I am we telling you, you, I believe you. <laughs> A hundred percent. You've it's been, been an odd been week. I, ha- I do. Um, believe Mark, I am up on the fiftieth floor though, and I've had an incredible view of what's happening oh, out in in Vegas. It's a surreal sight. That that um, that meeting, that chance meeting, is right there with me. To a couple years ago, when we were walking through the streets of London, and a, a, a not a young man, a young bloke, uh, was walking towards us, and he stops in his tracks. He pulls his AirPods out. And he just doesn't say where he just points at him. And he goes, I'm listening to you, mates. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty trippy, too. So it's very cool to see. And we have, over the course of this week, people have been um, uh, coming up to us yesterday at dinner. There's a JRVP fan. Hey, hey now. And uh, somebody came up and said, when's Throwback Podcast coming back? So all the satellite. What about our Bang Bang 2, Mark, featured the great Connor Orr. yes. Um, and handsome Hank, right? And now, now the only question is: Is does the Heat and Light podcast return? We get questions about that, um, either individually or combined, on a I would say, a, if not weekly, three or four times a week basis on Twitter and three other or four formats. Times a week. There's some Maybe people out it. there that want it. I, I think it's I. You know, we ran into tech issues last time. Those have been wiped away. And By I the think, way, you know, Connor we, and I are more free now. <laughs> you guys are on an amazing platform. I remember that. We literally had a meeting with the great people of iHeart earlier this week. I'm like, if you guys have any ideas to do a show, like we'd love to do one with you. I could see it coming back. I mean, Connor and I want to. It's you one could of lead these a things, heat and light you know, to water, right? But can you make it drink? It's like, do you want to do the sequel to something 25 years later? The fans want it. Mm. Like, that's what, that's what it we're here for. It worked for the Phantom Menace. Heat 2. A little bit of a risk. It's a little bit of a risk. Heat 2. Um, all right. So, good stuff. Great stuff. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with everything that went down uh, here in Vegas at the a- annual NFL Honors Award. Awards uh, in which they, you know, make the, all the announcements. Prince Harry was in the house. How about that? Handsome well, and Hank all, yeah, doing his job. That's, that was the news of the week to me, is that Prince Harry is being, you know, tugged from place to place and made, move by made safe guy. by Handsome Hank. The guy was like 14th in line for the throne, and now he's like one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And all he had to do was turn his back on everything that he was connected to in his life. There's something to take out of that, perhaps. I, I don't know. So. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> I don't have a pro or anti Harry stance. I'm I, just pointing out that he went from like third or fourth in line for the throne to like well, Cam Hayward's up on stage accepting the Walter Payton award, and he's like, the first thing he says is, "That's freaking Prince Harry." <laughs> it is. It was. He really a, threaded a needle. I guess is what is, I'm trying to say. It is a crazy moment. We've, it definitely like jumped up the the star power for NFL honors. Henry, I would think, got at least a 20 percent raise. <laughs> Look, it's Berman. Chris Berman is oh shaking hands away. over there. Glad ending. The big bell bottom. I'm that's his, that's his only blazer, by the way. 
Look at him. We have reached the uh, stage in the Super Bowl week where the splash page on ESPN.com is Chris Berman picks the winner of Super Bowl 58. So what? that's where we're at now. All right. It's time. Don't get impatient, Greg. No, this is I the just, journey, Greg. I just mean that that's it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, make a big deal of who, what the pick is. All right. Well, like we're going to do in just a bit. We're yes, going to make our exactly. picks. But let's start with Ours NFL matter, honors. Though. And obviously the big award uh, is NFL MVP. And um, this is not a surprise the way that, in general, a lot of these awards, um, there wasn't a lot of fun intrigue this year. Uh, for several of them, including MVP, because you knew the way the season ended, Lamar was going to win. It really came down to, was he going to win unanimously? He did not, but he got 49 of the 50 uh, first place uh, votes. Uh, So it was a blowout. Dak, a distant second place with 15 points. Lamar, 49. Uh, CMC with 14. Uh, Your boy, Mark Brock, finished with nine. So that was the voting, and here was Lamar on stage after accepting the award. I'd rather send in a video to accept the award if I was going to win, you know, because it was great players who was nominated as well, not just myself. Um, hats off to those guys that they did a lot for their team as well. Um, but, you know, just to get this award, to be here for the award, it's an honor. But I'd rather would have been in the Super Bowl and accepted the award. <laughs> but it's all good, you know. But, um, mm. um, I feel like just enough time has passed where – it, it's not weird for him to be on the stage after blowing the AFC title game, so that's good for the Lamar Army, yeah. It's happened a lot uh, in NFL history that these NFL MVPs accept the award after a crushing playoff disappointment. It actually happens... It's a little wonky, yeah. Yeah, mo- uh, I believe Patrick Mahomes, the, the year he lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game as a starter, his first one. Uh, same thing happened. It's happened a number of times. And it, it is awkward, but you're able, I think he's able to appreciate it. it and uh, the bigger surprise is just like that, it was such a blowout to me. I guess it was just the way the season ended. It felt like a very strange MVP year that Lamar would have been my pick. So he was a deserving winner. I think he was the right pick for this year. But it wasn't a year like where uh, the last few years, I think the second or third place, like Jalen Hurts's 2022 season would have won this. Josh Allen a couple of years ago would have won this, and there just wasn't one of those seasons this year, and Lamar was the best of the options. Yeah, and I think they, there was, the way the schedule worked out, MVP candidate, knocked out MVP candidate, then the next week that guy got knocked out by someone else, and like Lamar kind of was on top of the hill at the end of the season, but I just go back to this thing, and I, I guess part of it is like we're in an era where like what happens in the postseason is not supposed to matter in terms of MVP, quarterback, offensive player of the year, but I would rather we vote later. I, I, there is something awkward to me to have the MVP be someone, and this is just me, who completely blew it in the playoffs. There's a, it's a little... Well, it's a regular season award, though. That's just, yeah, that's just is, what it is. I'm just like, one, yeah. I guess it should be, because otherwise it's going to just tilt heavily no matter what happens in the Super Bowl, but... So, here's the thing. I think, well, it's not... It would have ni- been weirder had Dak Prescott got up Right, on stage. it's not 1982 and, and uh, the kicker for Washington winning Right, there's been the some MVP. terrible like, MVP awards But this one, I feel like we're going to look back, and while we're not going to disagree... Uh, that Lamar should have won. We're going to be like, wow, he kind of, this is, not that he was lucky, but it's like. Good year to be him. If you look at his situation. numbers, he yeah. didn't have his best rushing year. He was middle of the pack in touchdown passes and yardage. Everything else, he passed the eye test, and he won a bunch of big-time games in the season. So it makes sense. 
uh, but the numbers, it's it's kind of a strange year. Uh, and uh, but he got it. He's got the hardware. And people, and he's got to do it. In I the don't playoffs. know if people will remember that though. It's like when Palomal. There's been some defensive player of the year awards like that too, where there's not a logical pick. I think with the Palomalo year, one of the uh, but MVP is different right, than that. Right, that's it what I mean. Is. Like in in the long run, though, you just like well, he won two MVPs. Uh, the, yes. I, I do. The, I found the voting interesting. I, I believe it was Aaron Schatz um, voted for Josh Allen first. He came in fifth overall. I thought there would be more diversity. Brock Purdy got nine second place votes, five third place votes. Uh, Dak just edged, as you mentioned, out uh, Christian McCaffrey, but there wasn't like a lot of uh, mixing it up. I thought there would be a little more disagreement. And I heard, and we're at the point of the week where everyone, you know, not us, of course, but everyone that works in media is just trying to like get now to the finish line. And I heard Stephen A. Smith just railing against whoever was the one who didn't vote for Lamar Jackson. It's fine. It's, it's a disgrace. No, like Josh Allen had a Eric. I know Eric would have voted for Josh Allen. Uh, he had a big time year with like a lot of memorable splash plays, and I don't think it's absurd that he got a vote. I also, mean, coming from Aaron Schatz, like there's a lot of data and hard work and perception and ideas going into that. It's not just sure, from the sure. middle of the front of the show. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, maybe you would feel differently, Mark, because your Cleveland Browns had a, a nice award show, but if they factored in the playoffs, there's no way Kevin Stefanski is coach of the year. But he does win the award over. D'Amico Ryans, who obviously the Texans beat up on the Browns in the playoffs, they finished tied right. uh, in points, but it was Kevin Stefanski that got the more first-place votes. One so more first-place vote. So that's, that's as close as it gets, obviously. I, I, think, that actually, I think that actually com- emphasizes my point. Um, forget the Browns' side of it. It's like I, I think what D'Amico Ryans did ultimately was go and win a playoff game for a team that, like, absolutely was in another world a year ago. And Stefanski, it's, I, you know, he earned it Absolutely, for regular season um, navigation of losing like a billion quarterbacks, bringing in Joe Flacco and, you know, having all that happen the way it did and kind of keeping a calm demeanor through it all. He's won it twice. Um, There is a pretty short list of coaches and it's a a pretty credible list of coaches that have won it two times. So he, he... I, I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. He stands out on that list as like, wow. Uh, <laughs> right, he, because he, he was a little bit on the hot seat in the, it, right. coming into this year because the other two years and, between the awards were rough. Right. It's, so fitting, that, it's fitting that it was tied. I think it's fitting that it was just tied. Just give it to both of them. They tied in points? I, I would, Come on. No, I would have loved that, relax. actually. But. It's crazy. Every vote matters. Five people left Stefanski off their ballots entirely. You vote for the top three. But seven people left Ryan's off their ballot entirely. So even though Ryan had more either sex, of those guys off your ballot, I don't even think that's that crazy too. Because like Dan Campbell got a decent amount of support. He had three. It first was an votes. interesting year. In Kyle that Shanahan got a decent amount of votes. John Harbaugh, McVeigh, and then deep, deep. I mean, but I'm so, I'll use Stefanski as someone the example. Someone had Bowles third. Come on, I'll uh, use Stefanski as the example. Yeah. If. One of the playoff teams had a, a team that used five quarterbacks and made the playoffs. Like, you can't not give him a Well, no, yeah. th- it wasn't wonky at all. It's just that I, th- I think that the vote to me is always ridiculous because just because Kyle Shanahan's been good for so long, and we say this every year, like, he gets far fewer votes. Like, he got Kyle f- Shanahan has done a better coaching job than any one of these people. He came in, in fourth. Yeah, he came in fourth. 13 co- coaches got a vote, which is, I can't remember um, many uh, voting awards. Right, Even so, Sean McDermott. Um, for that inspirational speech that galvanized <laughs> his team to a big winning streak. Oh, wait, the speech was years ago, but it's still right. sort Don't of mess with the narrative. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I'm cool, though, with Stefanski winning coach of the year. Flacco winning comeback player of the year is wild. We're at dinner when we see that, and we had a friend who uh, was connected to somebody who had wagered quite amount of money 
on DeMar Hamlin winning that because DeMar Hamlin nearly died on the field last year. So Flacco gets it after starting five games, winning four of them. We have some Flacco sound. I would imagine we, we've gotten to know Flacco over the years. He's a humble guy. He, he kind of sees he has a good perspective on things. It had to be a little weird uh, to beat the guy that almost died. You know, I keep saying it, it feels kind of strange. I literally played five games this year in the regular season. Um, so it, it, it definitely feels a little strange, but man, it was a special two months. Um, so I think any time that you get recognized for playing some good football, it, it means a lot. Uh, so Flacco takes that award. Um, let's keep moving. Offensive player of the year. We can come back to any of these. Christian McCaffrey takes that. Well-earned. He was a monster, led the league in all-purpose yards, over 20 touchdowns. Uh, another very close vote was defensive player of the year. Uh, Miles Garrett edges um, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. Watt. Uh, how close was that vote? That was t- uh, 23 for Miles Garrett, 19 for Watt. Then you go down to Parsons at seven and to Ron Bland, one. Hmm. And, and even closer because Watt up more. Like second and third place votes matter a lot. So it was, it was very tight, but TJ Watt didn't get it done. Um, and then uh, AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. This is a great rookie class in the NFL, and it was C.J. Stroud who could not, as great as uh, some of those guys, Puka Nakua really comes to mind. He got two first-place votes, yeah. Two, you had to give it to Stroud. If it's a rookie who blows up the way he did, um, yes, yeah, Stroud deserves that. Even not taking into account that he had a massive playoff game as well, uh, yes, well-deserved for Stroud. And Defensive Rookie of the Year, just like uh, the Jets last year, uh, a team sweeps this category. It is uh, Texans with Will Anderson Jr. Uh, taking that uh, trophy home. Yeah, well, the Will Anderson uh, Defensive Player of the Year vote was uh, also extremely close. In first-place votes, actually, our guy, the conductor, Kobe Turner, tied for... Uh, the lead there with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. They each got your guy. I mean, we like him, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's your guy. Uh, they each got 14 place yeah. votes, but it was the second and third place votes that ended up deciding it. So Carter got second, uh, and and Kobe Turner got third. The comeback player of the year, though, is maybe the most surprising NFL honors award that I can remember. Well, I would say, like I, I've heard it's like put out there, and I kind of think this would be a good solution. Just name the the award after Demar Hamlin, and then from here on out because it's like and then give yeah, it but to if he didn't even win the award. I know, but I like I'm saying they could have done. Give him the they, award. They, they, uh, it's it's strange. I, it, yeah. like, I, a lot of people must have really like, the Flacco's the narrative like completely. I think outshine the fact that Hamlin didn't play Can much I, this year too. But Brown's QB take. I thought Baker deserved it more than Flacco for what he did this year. Baker came in third, and this just reminds me of. Wes, because Wes would rail against the Comeback Player of the Year award. And I agree. It's just so nebulous. I think if you're going to have an award, make a definition uh, of what it is. Because you're trying to compare a player that came back from a near-death experience to a guy, uh, as I saw on Twitter, that was coming back from unemployment. Like, he just was, he didn't, he literally didn't have a job. And it's like, and then Baker, who's, who fits a more traditional kind of winner of the award of just like coming back from a, a big career dip like define exactly and what it I is when I woke up this morning I was feeling pretty dangerous <laughs> because eight people DeMar Hamlin actually got eight more first place votes than Joe Flacco so actually the conventional wisdom was crazy. was kind of right and though they only changed the voting last year to include first second third in every vote but w- but what happened was uh Eight people left DeMar Hamlin off their ballots entirely. Now, they could have just thought 
they might have just thought he doesn't really make sense for this award in their mind, or they could have completely forgotten him because he, you know, just they weren't thinking no. about him because he didn't have a big forgotten season. Forgotten him. Trust me, not every, not all fifty voters are like completely locked into what's going on. So it's one of those two things. But know. either of those to me are kind of unacceptable, and I just think they got to define what the award is because Flacco only got left off three. Uh, ballots and he got a ton of second place votes and that's why he won even though actually way more people thought Hamlin should have won well a lot of it is what happens at the end of the season but when you say to define what the award is I think it's one of the more nebulous awards out there because if you say it's just for returning from injury or it's bad season great season or it's something obscure happened to you and then you return and play well it's like it, there's all sorts of comebacks Brock in, in Purdy football. Brock Purdy got, got uh, six, uh, six total votes, including a first-place vote. So I was like, wait, what's he coming back from? Calvin Ridley came in seventh for coming back from I, a gambling suspension. I think the cynical <laughs> the cynical side of me with Hamlin is that happened um, late in the regular season last year, and then he was at NFL Honors last year, and they celebrated him there, and it almost like it's old news. So the fact that he didn't qualify for the award last year – the people kind of moved on. It was no longer compelling to them in the way it was. I think but you're right. those that remember that night and really how that played—it's listen, it's a, it's a kind of a silly award. But what happened to him? That to me defines the the idea to go back on the field and face uh, almost that fear of after what happened. That's that's it's, a comeback, right? But it's also the kind of thing where it doesn't like turn Joe Flacco into the villain in this exercise. No, he didn't. No. You know, I mean, he felt awkward about it and yeah. and said as much because he was like, I don't even know like what this be like. He he gets it. It's like Phil Rivers said the same thing when he was coming back from nothing and won the award. He came in back from a a bad season where he was just like okay. Ryan Tannehill <laughs> that's had a, still my favorite had a similar one. And the the last awards thing I just would want to say is like it's calm, nebulous. Yeah, it's very nebulous. Calm down, T.J. Watt and Steelers fans. You won a defensive player of the year award before. You there have was, such a hard on for T.J. Watt. What do you mean? Uh, you're just always out to get him, I feel like. But they just get so mad, like so fired up as if the top four candidates, and I would include Crosby in this, who came in fourth, and Parsons, who came in a distant third, they, you were splitting hairs to pick between any of the four of them. So you, you really, I don't think you can feel that like crazy that anyone would get robbed here. It made sense to me that Garrett won it. A great sight of the night was Colleen Wolf interviewing Joe Flacco before the awards. And he was towering over by what seemed to be like a foot and a half. And she mentioned that she was already in six-inch heels. And she just was like looking up at him like she would at a skyscraper. A sneaky tall man. My, my image also with Flacco, I'll remember from the night, is that there's a clip of Lamar putting his arm around oh, I like that. Flacco's shoulder. And then he put his head on his other shoulder like it was he was like... Joe Flacco's uh, young child. So that's that's nice to see after there were some reports of them being uh, quite prickly uh, with each Lamar's other. Lamar's like, what's uh, it like to be day? a Ravens quarterback who steps up in the playoffs? Uh, Tell me more. <laughs> Show me the path. Sorry, Greg. Took Joe a while, too, right? <laughs> uh, Joe, listen, Joe... I remember not, even not after the Super Bowl year. It did not take him long at all. Well, it was his fifth year. They had made the playoffs. I mean, remember him playing mean. lights out in Foxborough a, a year or two later? And yes. that a great comeback by the Pats. Uh, he was a Big time January performer. All right, let's uh, let's pivot and talk a little Hall of Fame. How about that? Uh, well, let's start uh, the Super Bowl week after all with a great Super Bowl memory of the aughts. And the Colts have had a hard time all season covering kicks. It's Hester trying to work it back to the middle, gets past the first wave, and here he goes. It's Hester. 
inside the 30. Hester's gonna take it all the way for a touchdown. And no flag, 92 yards. Listen, it's hearing Jim Nance without Romo going, ah, Jim. <laughs> um, that was Devin Hester, Hester, Super Bowl 41. I call it the Prince Super Bowl in Miami, the heavily favored Colts against the Bears. And that was the highlight. Ooh. <laughs> that was the highlight of that night for the Bears, the opening kickoff uh, in an eventual Indianapolis win. Uh, Devin Hester. Uh, and it's interesting. It's kind of fun now with as we get older and uh, seeing these guys that you remember when they came into the league now getting into the Hall of Fame after watching their whole career. Devin Hester is in the class of 2024. Joining him, Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis. Mm. And then in the uh, senior committee class getting in is uh, Randy Gratishar and Steve McMichael, former Bears great. Uh Great crew, all deserving. Uh, who jumps out to you on that one, Greg, of that list? I, I'm thrilled to see Andre Johnson and Julius Peppers get in. It's a great reminder, especially with Peppers, to just wait a little bit. Wait a little bit to evaluate these careers. And when I was mentioning Flacco before, I was thinking about, I, I think it was his first three years, he had like one touchdown, eight, seven interceptions, and they were really getting on We him get for, it, Lamar Jackson no, will no, no, win no. playoff games. No, 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 I just meant like, People were killing Flacco for not being a playoff performer for for years, and then it actually flipped the entire weight. And Julius Peppers, to me, was picked on for years of maybe not living up to his like draft value. I like people have totally memory hold this. They're like, "Well, he's so talented, but he really doesn't play that hard." And it was like just people who were kind of making vaguely racist comments about a guy who's extremely low key. And sometimes you have to really watch, I think, the film to appreciate and, and appreciate his consistency that he got oh, better and better and better and better. And he made things look easy. And he was a guy who I think got in in part because he had such a long career of sustained Excellent, but for the first five or six years of his career where he was still very good, he got picked on and people were using the B word around him and he's literally a Hall of Famer. Uh, and so it's really cool to see him get in. This the is the B word. The bust word. I don't know why I called the B word. Yeah, I love this class because this is the first, like, I just think it's like a cool class. Aren't all these players cool? Well, yeah, and it's like we Fun, covered, we covered yep. big chunks of their careers. Like De- Devin Hester obviously stands out to everyone that you will never have a player like him getting into the Hall of Fame ever again, assuming the NFL keeps the rules as they are for mm. kick and punt returns. It just will never happen. It's like that, that element and the danger that he presented will is gone away in the NFL. I, everyone always sort of brushes over the senior entries, but Steve McMichael, I think, was the first football card I ever had and was a member of that 85 Bears team and was a long-haired, angry, like, like, Fury-driven linebacker who sometimes because you had Mike Singletary in there and a couple others, Ron Rivera, gets a little bit forgotten. He was as badass as it gets. Um, and right now he's battling ALS. Mm. And I know he's going through a lot, but like he was like a mid-80s, and he played a lot longer than that Bears team, but he was a mid-80s fire starter and an unforgettable if you watched him. Andre Johnson is one of the one of the more dominant players of his era and uh Good to see him get in. Some of the guys, as they get older, and that was the case with Johnson, his last three years he was in decline as a player and you know bounced around a little bit, went to Indianapolis, even was in Tennessee at the very end. But uh, those prime years, those peak years with Houston, he was just locking in. He was a first-team first All-Pro twice, second-team All-Pro twice. 
um, and kind of like the linchpin of that offense. In that in the JJ Watt glory years, he was the star on the other side of the ball, the consistent guy, and uh, well deserved for him as well. I think Patrick Willis was essentially a perfect player. He didn't have as long of a career as some of these guys, but like was a perfect player. Right. I love that he got in because to me he's a little bit like Terrell Davis, where the first five years of his career he was the defining inside slash middle linebacker. Uh, of those five or six years, and then he got hurt, and that and it was kind of it. It was really six years, um, and I think that's to me more worthy of a Hall of Fame induction that you're dominant for a six year six years is a long time in the NFL than some of the compilers that get in. So to me, he's a particular type that uh, I, I'm glad got in. I I just like this is actually the first class where I I started doing NFL covering it in 2003. I feel like I did pretty much see all of all of these guys careers Freeney started just a bit before same with peppers um and it's just i don't know it's badass to see but it's also crazy to me that antonio gates is not on this list because i i don't want to do the thing where you just say it's crazy he didn't make it who would you take out over him hester to me would be the obvious one um but i would actually put gates over all of them and i actually think if you had asked everyone in 2010 and you gave them this list. Who's the biggest lock of the Hall of Fame here? I, th- I think Antonio Gates would have been your answer. And I, I do think he's getting punished a little bit for being on the Chargers. And some of it's just timing. Um, but he won first team All-Pro three straight times over Tony Gonzalez in his peak. He has 40 more touchdowns than Travis Kelsey does. He's the all-time leader in touchdowns at his position. Uh, he has about 30-something more than, than Gronk does. Like, at the time, he's one of the... There was strong arguments that he's the greatest tight end so, of all listen, time. If, so it, I hate knocking it out, but Hester is just a weird one because Hester only made three or four Pro Bowls. Like he, I think he deserves to get in, and maybe, and I think it's just a timing thing. Gates will get in eventually. His but, chemistry with with Rivers was unbelievable. <laughs> and here's the thing with him: injuries just really kind of held him back. He played forever. Yep. But he was, remember, he's always battling those foot issues. Yep. And when you look back at his stats, he was always a, a red zone stud, as you mentioned. The touchdowns, 116. He just had two 1,000-yard seasons. Now, I know it's a different But it's era just a different then, era. He was the single. Yeah. I'm just saying, the injuries, he missed a lot of games in his career. But to go, if, you, if you're a player who goes, first team all pro is big time. And he did it three years in a row. And then a few and more then second five team. out of six, yeah. he was either first team or second team. So I feel like this is the case I make for... Don Mattingly, my hero growing up in baseball. A shorter prime that's truncated by injury, but if you are a face of the league and a dominant presence uh, over the course of a decade, like that should be given extra. So I'm with you. He'll get He'll in. Get in He'll get in. Uh, that's He'll why right. it's hard to get. All right. He'll be all right. And Tony, we saw him, by the way. We were getting coffees. I know. There I, he was. You didn't I, say anything to him. Though. I had just it. gone on a little Twitter rant because it annoyed me because I was such a fan. I think he's maybe the greatest receiving tight end I've ever seen. It, you just have to compare between eras. But I did not say anything. You should have showed him your little tweets. Well, here are my little I, tweets. What if he's annoyed? I mean, he he's might like, be pretty disappointed I mean, that he didn't make you're, it. You're in his camp, though. That sure. would be clear, you know. Sure. Um, Shout out to Dwight Freeman. I was going like to say, we don't want to step ever. And we're going to have uh, Cam Jordan on in a little bit. And Cam Jordan is right behind Freeney in the sack record. He's in the top 20. And sometimes in that, and I said it on the pod recently, the best rivalry, the two best rivalries, Cowboys, Niners in the 90s, since I've been watching football, and Pats, Colts in the 2000s. And the, the Peyton and Brady, it sucked up all the oxygen, but Freeney was 
one of the guys, one of the guys, the dudes on Indianapolis that made that whole team go, and he was a consistent force in their front seven, and they don't win titles and have that run of success without him. So also well-earned, and he's in the top 20 all-time Right, size. and he's the guy that was getting, like, defensive player of the year, second, third. Like, that's the difference between him and, like, a Willis, who was really great at his position. But the, he was another one who was really dominant and uh, had a nice little run, too. I remember him covering him in the, in the 28-3 to Falcons team. He had a nice little rebound season. That's right. And was kind of a team leader for them. Um, Mark, do you want to add anything on... Uh, the final uh, veterans committee. I'm gonna I'm gonna scour that. Well, you um, did. Well, he said Steve McNichol, but well, there's yeah. also Randy Gratishar. We can't leave Randy out. Gratishar was, I believe, Denver Broncos like during the Orange Crush era. Um, that's before my time, so I I kind of stay away from giving firsthand knowledge about players that I was during. I was essentially a toddler. I was just during giving that time. you the, the runway in case you had something in there. I, I think it's, you know, actually my only comment would be, it's kind of sad for me when it's great that they get in, but sometimes they're, they're not alive anymore or they're, it's, it's so far away that people kind of glance over it and don't really like understand what their career was. It's like, I don't know how we do this with hall of fame where some of these guys like get in and celebrate it a little bit earlier. Like if you're, if you're on the bubble that long, Feels like a rough ride. I immediately think about speeches too with these guys. I feel like this is a good a good crew. I feel like Willis is gonna bring some fire. Uh, who else we got? Well, I, I'm doing a little Gratishar here. He is the <laughs> uh, the heart of the uh, Orange Crush defense. He's the all time leading tackler for the Denver Broncos. He's the 1978 Defensive Player of the Year. So went to the Super shout Bowl. out. Shout out. Uh, all right. Anything else? All right, let's wrap this up. Good conversation. That's what's happening in the news. Let's take a break, and we'll welcome our first guest. We'll be right back. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Mm. Our next guest is, he's a dude. Let's start there. He's a dude. He's also part of the NFL Media Podcast Network. He's also a stud defender for the New Orleans Saints. You know who I'm talking about. Cameron Jordan. Welcome to Around the NFL, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, the intro music dropped and I was like, oh, now I get it. I get it. (laughs) Welcome to the Twilight Zone. So that's okay. So Twilight Zone, it's always a good test, like how the guests hear what that song is. So is a bit of a, a sci-fi vibe to yeah, you? It was a, yeah, it was, it was quite eerie until the guitar started stringing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. I always found it is, it's 1988 cop driving back to his apartment after his partner just got shot. Yeah, he's down and out. <laughs> yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. Cam, here's a little full, full circle moment. We've been doing this podcast <clears throat> for 11 years now. I'm getting wow. emotional about it. Mm. And um, before the podcast started, we worked and just wrote for NFL.com. When you were drafted into the league, you came to the old Culver City uh, studios. And in the green room, a young journo, Dan Hansis, met with a rookie. That's him. Cam he talks Jordan. in the third person yes, cop- ever since often. he got the last contract. <laughs> and um, I remember we had a nice conversation. I wrote up the piece. I remember talking about your dad, Steve, and watching the Mr. Perfect uh, video years ago on WWF. And now here you are, like, I don't know, you, you're a Hall of Famer? I think you are. You're the all-time sack leader of the Saints. You're, you're in the ATN era, one of the greats. Yeah. One of the greats. Yeah, and you are in, in outshine Jordan Cameron, who you were mistaken mm. for on that, in that How draft process. How annoying was that for I a couple mean, come years? on, come on. For, in 2011 draft class, arguably the greatest <laughs> draft class of all times, there were so many, you know, there, there was Cam, Cam Newton at number one. You know, me at 24, Cam Hayward at like 30. <laughs> then there was Jordan Cameron at like the like the fifth or sixth round. Uh, and I even got called by the Browns to get drafted by them because they it was Jordan Cameron and it was Cameron Jordan. You know, there was a whole invert. I'm oh, sitting yeah, exactly. So you know, it was a Browns organization Mark. that we all admire. Cameron Hayward <laughs> seems like a great dude. You know, he won Walter Payton Man of the Year yeah, award last night. Though is that problematic for you? People still confusing. I've got, I've got called uh, Cam Hayward a couple times uh, <laughs> in, in my in my stay here for the last three days in Vegas. I've called. I've been called. I was like, oh man, Jordan Cam. And I said that don't even make sense. <laughs> that he's been retired for so long. Unless they're going like Jordan. Comma, Cam. Comma, Cam. Like, that's maybe very, that's what yeah. it was. It was yeah. a, there was pause in yeah. there. So maybe he was just reading it like you do the passport. You know, first, last name first, then go on to the name. Um, but I also get, I was like, oh, he's like, uh, what they don't do. I was like, you're Cam. I was like, come on, say it. Say it. They're like, <laughs> I was like, Newton. They're like, no. Mm. I was like, you don't. I've gotten Brandon Marshall and Alvin Kamara. And at this point, I'm just like, where are we going with this? <laughs> 
you you uh you know you're a great player but at this point you're basically a podcaster uh you're our colleague like Alvin Kamara, great teammate. You're, you're our teammate. Yeah. We're here off on the, the edge NFL podcast. Yes. The, yeah, the off the edge podcast. And I know that you're truly a podcaster because you're getting an eight thirty, uh, not even a wake up call, an eight thirty car Pick to up. come over yeah, here yeah. to Radio Row every single day. You're you're working harder than us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a six forty five wake up to so I can go run down to the uh, to the work, work, to the weight room down at the uh, the hotel just to get my uh, thirty Dang. to forty five minute elliptical in to get mm. the the juices really the creative juices flowing. Mm. Um, you know, the, the cerebral wow. cortex has to be pulsating at ultimate levels uh, <laughs> for for me to you know be able to get into a car at eight to be here by eight thirty to get this work in. How's season one? going of being a podcaster here man so you know it, i don't even know what season this is so you me and mark ingram had a podcast mark you know, uh, trust levels biggest uh, you know biggest trust on the highest of levels uh <laughs> it was it was vibes you know and when you can bounce ideas and talk to other people it's a party going solo this solo act mm. you know I, i'm not feeling like justin, thinking I, about I, it. i'm Tell feeling me like more. i'm feeling like justin timberlake when he left nsync you know like <laughs> i'm like i'm out on my own i miss my friends nope won't say it out loud we'll continue he made a lot of money, though. Well, yeah. you want to be Timberlake like 2003 to 2014, not modern-day Timberlake when everyone hates him. Wait, everybody hates him? I feel like have... there's been a lot of pushback and blowback with Britney and Janet and some other stuff. Are they on trolls? Do, they, do their kids watch him every day? <laughs> I would not know. I think Justin's <laughs> I doing all right. I yeah. think you're right, and that's, the, yeah, he's probably doing quite okay. Yeah, between Branch and Princess Poppy, you know what goes on in my house? <laughs> How many kids you got? I've got four. Oh. Okay. And oh, three wow. of them are girls, so guess what we watch? A lot of musicals. A lot of kids. And guess what trolls is? One heck of a musical. Mm -hmm. We living in LA. I only know like one dad has three kids, and it just tears his life asunder. Um, it's mostly two or one, and people I know. So to go. Well, four, you're in LA, so every yeah. the, the taxes are high there. Three so, kids uh, at a, at, a, at a school that'll blow the house up. Yeah, we yeah. Gone. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds hurtful. <laughs> it certainly. I got to take these kids out to eat every day. No, 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 no. Can we talk a little Saints? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I want to talk about the the black and the gold or the gold on the black? Can I ask you one like uh, the most fascinating moment for me um, from the Saints all year? You know, you close out the season with a with a you're up forty one to seventeen over the the desperate Atlanta Falcons who are about to fire their coach, and you're you're down at the one yard line after an interception. And Jameis Winston them. dials up, um, you know, unbeknownst to the Eat coaching staff, a one-yard touchdown for Jamal Williams. You go up, you win the game 48-17. You know, Arthur Smith is all annoyed afterwards. Dennis Allen doesn't Aww. know what to say. But then Jameis Winston tells everyone later, like, look, we did it because everyone in the locker room wanted this to happen. Like, your reaction to that? Tell me, you tell I'm me so, your version I'm of what so happened I'm so sorry here. the locker room really enjoys being uh, a brotherhood. Mm. I, oh, my Got gosh. Him. I'm so sorry that we punished a rival team, I would do it again. In fact, I would have gone for two. <laughs> now, the only thing I'm going to have discrepancy with is I was like, I didn't understand the ramifications. They're like, no, they were taking victory formation. Ah. Right. So the, the, the Cantlana Failcons had already acquiesced. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. And they were, they were just trying to get out there just like their head coach was about to get out the, 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 the Falcons. And you so, know what? That I, I love that, that about... I didn't under, Greg went to Tulane, so he, he was a little more into the, the world there. Grew up in the Northeast. I didn't understand the true hatred between the Saints and Falcons until we started covering the sport more closely. We kind of need more Saints-Falcons right. uh, rivalries What do you want me to do? Like, good job. Well, hey, hey, right. I'll see you next time, bud. 
Right. And then <laughs> when I saw Jameis, uh, that clip that kind of went viral last week on stage at at the church uh, as a Me, as a pastor, I was like, Dennis Allen didn't have a chance against this guy. Of course, everyone's following Jameis Winston. Absolutely. Yeah. My only, my only half of my gripe was I was like, uh, Dennis uh, ended up saying sorry, and I was like, Why would you say sorry? <laughs> I was like, You know what? You say sorry, we didn't go for fifty. <laughs> so sorry on you. But here's the test, because like after the game, James was like, "Listen, like apologies to coach, but we made a decision as a team." Jamal, Jamal has been an amazing team, right? An mm. amazing player. When, whatever he, they 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 called his number, he he's been giving all the juice, all the all you know, even giving up the possibility of accolades. But is, is, are Dennis and James cool? Like, is James going to be there be. next year? Uh, now, James deserves he's to a be free a agent. Yeah. He deserves to be a starter. That's I mean, fair. I mean, when you see the quarterbacks that played, I, I'm not knocking anybody, yeah. but we played the Chicago Bears, and it was not Justin Fields on the field. We yeah. we we played a guy in New York who whose agent was probably became more famous than he did. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me Jameis, who's got you know the arm of every Titans dream, you know? You, That's right. You kind of I forgot y'all ended uh, Devito Insanity. Kinda, I forgot oh, that man. game. I got, uh, one was, th- one I'm thing, glad though. we weren't part of Devito Insanity. <laughs> <laughs> one thing though, because I, I would imagine in San Francisco, like the players would never do that to Kyle Shanahan. So I, I guess I'm asking from another angle, like Dennis Allen, kind of like they wouldn't. I don't. I, I don't know. I is don't, it, is, but is it is it perceived as the players doing something to the coach or the players? I think that people, representing the people players. outside the locker room kind of question like, does Dennis Allen like have this team, you know, in in every possible way, or is it like we're going to go do what we want to do, no matter who the coach? Would that is? happen if Sean Payton's the coach? I don't know. Absolutely. They would. Okay. So, okay. Well, okay. Sean would have gone for the. Sean, yeah, Sean yeah, would have gone for the. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. yeah. so, been a victory. But if Sean formation. said no, yeah. if Sean said we're kneeling at him. I don't. I've seen. I've yeah. seen us beat the brakes off the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're up by like thirty something, forty something. He's he's like looking around and like it could. It's clearly a time to take a knee, victory formation, and sees Malcolm Jenkins in the secondary, a legendary Saints player who had then gone to Philadelphia, and was like, "AK over the top now," and we're up by like <laughs> 35, 40. You know, it was like, and we're going up top. So I don't see Sean ever saying no to scoring more touchdowns. Sean, yeah, Drew Brees, yeah. Say no to more touchdowns. Mm. Right. I, there you go. That's like that's like you having hundred bucks, and I have. I'm about to give you hundred bucks, and your 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 financial advisor is saying we don't want don't it. Need it. Right. Lies. Yeah. There was a, we talked about it a lot on the show. There was there was like a, a lot going on with the Saints though this year. Like they were just a a strange team to figure out. Where I, I'm friends with a lot of Saints fans, kind of followed the coverage, and the the fans sometimes were just like frustrated. They, they were frustrated in a way that was almost unusual for a team that was still you know in the mix and first place a lot of the years and and I think it was understandable that they were frustrated with all the success that they had and then after the season a few things kind of struck me of somehow we blew a 17 point lead to the Green Bay Packers that happened I remember that that was (laughs) early uh Mickey Loomis said something about after the season this is what what struck me of that like we, we need to do some changes maybe with the roster and personnel to improve the culture. And that, mm. that, that comment was like, hmm, improve the culture. Because when they hired Dennis Allen, they were like, we're keeping Dennis Allen because we want to keep this culture going. He's the guy that's been there and been running this defense. So, like, what do you, what do you think Mickey Loomis is, is talking about there, like, with the culture? I've, was never, there I've learned to not put my GM hat on. I okay. Have. Yeah, I've, I've, I've played this game, and it never worked out well. I was like, yeah, this is what we're going to do with the draft. This is how we're doing it. This is what our team needs, and have been completely wrong. Mm. 
you know? So uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to get a defensive end. And then in the first round, we got a corner. And I was like, and then we got back into the first round. And I was like, oh, this is the DN time. And then we went D- offensive tackle, which turned out to be a phenomenal draft. So you learn to shut the hell up and let the uh, up top do what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to want more. If we're, we're, we're three years drive of playoffs, and are, maybe there, a, a culture shock needs to be happen. I think there's, there's a core group of our players that uh, push positivity and whatever it is. And if, in fact, I loved our locker room this year. But if our locker room isn't winning at a high rate, things are going to have to shake. And what, if one day they're going to be like, hey, Cam, it's your time, bud. And I'm like, hey, I hope the Saints keep on winning. Whatever mm. it takes, I just want the Saints to win. Um, we'll close it out with a little legacy talk. So I'm looking at Woo! 26 years of all, Jordan football there. Pick which, pick, hell yeah. pick which you're talking uh, about. Pro football reference, by the way, your headshots are they're always on point. What oh. do you got in store for this year? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like the, the El Diablo look last year. That that oh. one was pro- probably my you talk, favorite. Oh, you talking about the, the yeah. mustache twist yeah. up? That was a few years ago. I still okay. had like I still had dreads. Do you, do you take you know, I had, you and I Jimmy had a Jerry Bob, curl I, after that one. That <laughs> was. I, I now I don't understand when you know Deion Sanders was like it looks dry but it's it's wet or it's wet but it looks dry whatever it was I was like I need that this this you most recent Jimmy one, Butler with the NBA he's kind of your yeah. version in the NBA doing Fallout Boy that was this, that was crazy this year is kind of like you're looking like your guy that maybe was on the airplane and you kind of let one go and you're waiting to see if anybody notices no no this, this one <laughs> this one was the Allen Iverson inspired uh, walkover oh, uh, the head bu- oh, yeah, oh, oh 2001 over, yeah, finals scraping over Tyron Lue you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. But here we go. So you have 117 and a half career sacks. Hallelujah. And and, and the most amazing. ever by the Saints. And that is a team that has some big time players Gosh. in their history. Uh, number one on the list is Bruce Smith. We're not going to get to 200. 200. But if you get he to played, 123. He 19 years. Yeah. We, we saw him last and night. I, still yeah, looked like he could he play. He looks like he's 37. Um, when I get to 125 this upcoming season, yeah. I was going to say that puts you in the top 20. And that puts you in the club of the great, late Derek Thomas, Dwight Freeney, Von Miller. Let's let's get in that top Dwight, twenty and Dwight start what, scaling. 120, what one twenty eight? Uh, Dwight uh, had one twenty five and a half, and to get to get get into the top twenty, math is at one twenty three, which is what five and a half sacks next year. I think we could do that. Keep playing the Falcons. It's time. Yeah, yeah. As long as my ankle doesn't go out week eleven, I have to go hobble around for seven weeks. That's yeah, tough. That's I see. I see myself doing that. Um, the key is to stay. Uh, you know, they say the best ability is availability. And although I played, I was not at my. Um, regular standard mm. of living after in fact at a daggum Atlanta game so you think I care Oof. about Atlanta how frustrating is that when you're just it was your a body pile. won't it listen was, to you yeah it was a 10 car pile up and yeah. everything landed on my ankle mm. Oof. Um, all right well hopefully uh, next season you stay healthy and you're a dominant force as you've been your whole career thank you buddy and yes check out the off the edge button now listen we don't always give massive endorsements oh. of podcasts but we're going to do it right here because Cam's the real deal he's got obviously a big podcast future, so let's get on the time guess let's get on the too. carpet ride with uh, him. Uh, according according to you know I, my people last night, I, I, I showed some dance moves. Maybe I just I, I quit this football thing and you know just go tap dancing for the rest of my life. I let's don't get know. in the top twenty first. And <laughs> then, <laughs> let's do it. All right, Cameron Jordan, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. All right, there goes Cam. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. 
See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right, welcome back. It is time. It is time to pick the game. That game being Super Bowl 58. And uh, let's go around the horn. Let's pick the game. And then while we're here, as per tradition, please share your sandwich prop for Super Bowl 58. We'll each have one. Uh, we should be hanging some onion here, right? I think we all know we should. It's a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mark, get us going. How is this? And I think there is, here, there's two things on the line here with you, Mark. Just think about this. As we learned yesterday, you did predict Niners Chiefs back in September. Correct. I wouldn't call it a daring prediction, but I, I but got you did. it right. Yes. And you deserve credit for that. Yes. So much credit. We have another situation going on as well. Unless I'm mistaken, do you have a, a win yet in the picks in the playoffs? Because this could be history. Also. I don't think I've won since like November. <laughs> I think you. I think you are um, winless in your picks so far in the playoffs and the locks. So obviously, this is also our final lock of the week, lock of the season, second half standings on the line. Greg, a lot on the line in this game. I don't think it's on the line anymore. You blew it. I didn't blow anything. You you lost last time. So. That means you're one game up with one to play. Ah, okay. You could tie. In the I, I also believe in my situation. It, and also, I have the extra first place vote, a la Stefanski, so okay. it would go to me. Yes. Uh, there's an inglorious aspect to, to my situation that I, I believe I'm notched at nine wins. 
Um, and I, oh, you I, need to get the double I was digits. told that no one has ever finished with only nine wins. All right, so there's a lot on the line. Let's see what do you got, Mark. All right, so I so this is what I predicted um, way back when. 49ers 28, Ooh. Chiefs 24. But I want to explain how this game ends. Yeah, um, go ahead. Because the Chiefs, you know, they've not allowed 31 points all. Yeah, it's all these like their defense has been so tight. Um, Kyle Shanahan's, this is what I wrote for NFL.com, Kyle Shanahan's winding quest to lift the Lombardi crescendos on a February night in Las Vegas as Brock Purdy tilts Kansas City's defense for three scores and 400-plus yards. The play of the game, though, is San Francisco's 77-yard pick six <laughs> of Patrick Mahomes that seals the deal with seconds to go in the final frame. All mm. right. I love that. I love it, Mark. You are always uh, looking to, to ring it on the old horseshoe there, and that's a, that's a needle to thread, but I believe in you. I, I, like, I also like uh, we're not all agreeing, and um, I'm picking the Chiefs, so I, I like we're on different sides. I'm locking up the Chiefs. Uh, 27-20 is my score. It's just under that number. I do think it's going to be more of a running and a, a little bit of defense game, so a little under that that over-under. You know, they're a dynasty. Uh, some would say my locks um, title, staying at home in Santa Monica, is a bit of a dynasty. It actually started this four, four lock trophies in five-year run by picking the Chiefs over and over and over again. So I'm going to go back so to, to, the, to the people uh, that that helped me get there, and sometimes it's, we talked earlier in the week about Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes and the journey that they've been on into becoming all-time greats. And it's sometimes that's all it is is just elevating at the big moments. In the season, Travis Kelsey was four for thirteen on contested catches. In that game against the Ravens, three for three. MVS, like you might not think of him as one of the great players, three for fourteen all year and plus twenty air yard type throws. Three for four in the playoffs. They're just they're just playing better. Look at the teams they beat to beat. To beat the Dolphins and to beat the Bills and the Ravens in a row—that's a murderer's no, row. I mean, murderers. I, I, let's calm down. Okay, Dolphins <laughs> is a is a tough. You know, the offense. I think the way that the in defense frigid temperatures. Up, totally fair. Uh, but they, they won that game easily. That competition they've been beating to me has been more impressive than the Niners uh, sneaking by. So I, I do like the Chiefs to really put the dot on this dynasty, get their third title. Good game, 27 to 20, but the 49ers to me, they feel like supporting players in some someone else's story. All right, so I'm annoyed now because I can't go against how I feel, and it's going to cost me the second half title, but I'll live with that. <laughs> the and, second and, half's co-title. And Greg was always, you know, well, I had that extra first place vote. <laughs> But it, it's going to be, it's going to show once again the, the level of integrity that I operate on at all times. I'm not going to change just because Greg went chalk as he always does. They're literally the I'm underdogs for what it's worth. I mean, they're two it's point Greg underdogs. Chalk. Everybody knows how you do your things. Okay. So congratulations on your titles. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay. I do like the Chiefs here, and I got burned like so many other people picking against them. Me too, by the way. I've been wrong. In the AFC title game, I, I thought it finally was Lamar's year. I thought Baltimore was the better team. And I'm going to say it again here. I think the 49ers, as they are um, presently constituted, their best game I think is better than the Chiefs' best game, the way their hmm. roster is constituted. And if, if Brock Purdy, for instance, came, at, came into this game sharp and he was hitting throws – and you get McCaffrey making plays, and you have all this talent that San Francisco has an offense. If their defense can just play a B game, they're going to be okay because Kansas City has shown, even during this great run in the playoffs, that they're not an explosive offense. They're still not one, even though they've had better success than they were having in the, during a very difficult regular season. 
However, I just can't do it. I, I'm not going to be the guy that goes against Mahomes in this spot. I think he's going to find a way. So I'm also, and this is this was already here, Greg. I also have 27-20. Wow. So we have the same pick, the same score. Let's see what happens. I, I wrote on NFL.com. Uh, that I thought Mahomes wins another MVP, but it's going to be the Spags defense that makes plays that are memorable. The more I think about it, as I spin now to uh, my sandwich prop, and we'll come back that, uh, starting on my side with that, um, I think there will be an element of... So one of the, of the offense having a big day, and one of the most maddening, dumb storylines uh, around this NFL season and our world... Um, emanating out of certain corners of news media is that the NFL is fixed, that, that the NFL is somehow, uh, this has been preordained, and uh, specifically the corporate synergy on display between Taylor and Travis um, is a sign that the NFL would willed the Chiefs to this spot. Well, get your popcorn ready, uh, people mm. that love that conspiracy theory. Because I think Kelsey is going to have a monster game here. Uh, my sandwich prop is that Kelsey becomes the first player in Super Bowl history uh, to surpass 200 yards receiving in a game Whoa. since Jerry Rice went off for 215 and 23. Wow. Uh, Super Bowl 23, that is. That is my lock. Kelsey goes for 200. Taylor down on the field. Sparks flying. And everyone is mad. That's my pick. <laughs> Everyone. Well, certain not everyone. People. We won't. I certain won't be mad. At people least. will be big mad. I'm happy. They're happy. Seems like a beautiful relationship. I think they're in it to win it for the long run. That's. I don't know if I could put a sandwich prop on their, their marriage at some point. That'd be very long term. But I like. I like those odds. But I like the two, under 200 yards even more. I mean, you got to hang on, you bro. That, that's more this than is the Super Bowl. That's more than hanging. That's uh, that's out there. That's beautiful. And uh, <laughs> it's go brain. For it. I relish how. The hordes of people are just looking past the 49ers because of a, a two-week sample size from the Kansas City Chiefs. They're getting... At, it's a very even in terms of how I, people are I, picking I them. Think They're favorite. It's amazing All the to me, though, that people, the just think, people just think that the Kansas City Chiefs are back entirely. It's like the larger like sample size tells us that they were going to regress back to gaffes, drops, some issues, some problems, sure. and having to be that often. Just like everyone thought that was going to happen in the playoffs, but it didn't. But that's a straw man argument because the 49ers are literally yep. favorites, and in terms of Vegas, like the, the, the you know, what they would say, the, the Sharps, all the money's coming in on the 49ers. It's not a straw man in the sense that there has been a wave of support for the Chiefs that was simply not there two weeks ago. It's, it's based on a two-week sample size, and it's not, you know, false or a ghost, but, but it's like, not a two-week sample I, size. I think people are looking past the Niners in this situation. It's like a five-year sample size. That's all. That's and then them too, turning the, I, the, flipping the switch. But That's we, all. we were talking about the Chiefs a certain way for 18 weeks. Yes. And now we're talking about them differently for three weeks. Because it's a different team now. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's, that's a presumption. And it's that annoying. That, that that's exactly who they are from here <laughs> no, on out. That's I'm, all. I'm with you. It's always very difficult in the playoffs. Which do you balance more? And that, that connects with my sandwich prop. I'm going Isaiah Pacheco is going over 150 yards from scrimmage in this game because I am waiting what I've seen the last handful of weeks from the 49ers defense. I think they're what sticks out most in this game, that they have not been up for the challenge. I don't care about the effort thing. That's like two plays, essentially, and two players in, in very specific plays. It's just that they've been mediocre. They, they've been mediocre in the biggest of spots. They, they should have lost that Packers game. They were 
really outplayed in that game. They didn't play well in the Detroit game and got bailed out. The defense of the 49ers is the only reason I don't think they win this game. And so I'm going Pacheco over 150 yards from scrimmage. Oh, you've been talking about that. All right, how about you, Mark? Are we taking? Where are you taking that? Are you taking that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't. We didn't I'm do taking that. Part. Yours. You I took mine. Are I you took taking? I will take yours. Yeah. I thought that was for all the time that we call certain things onion hangers in terms of a game situation. That's a huge one, right I there. I mean, I'm probably doomed, but that's a huge one. If it, like, will you guys buy me a sandwich if he goes for 184? Well, then just lower the number. No, a bit. nah, bro. <laughs> I'm going for no, it. No, I think it's a nice round number. Yeah, give me 200 first inch jar. I'll take yours too. I, I think that yours is more probable. If, if, if like everything went right for the yeah. for the Chiefs, because total you break, yards you could break off an 80 yarder at some point. You know, you never still know. would be certainly longer long odds in terms of you know yeah. be like plus 300 or something. Uh, like I will take you up on yeah. it, but it's certainly within the range of outcomes. There, San Francisco. That's the other part, Mark. San Francisco's defense certainly could, could be exposed in this game. That's true, but yes. I would say their, their defensive woes are also more recent than the longer sample size, but I'm not big on their defense. But, like, but they gave up 60... But isn't recent what matters it, the most? It is, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, that they gave, like in two playoff games, they gave up, like, 67 more yards on the ground than they had at any, like, average-wise in the season. So, and I, I honestly think that the come-to-Jesus talk from Steve Wilkes, like, yeah. does matter. Like, they lost their pride a little bit. I'm usually with you, Mark. I'm usually the numbers over the season matter more. I, look, the, the 49ers are favored. You just can't sell me on the no one believes in them argument. They're literally favored. I mean, uh, and it's a coin flip. But I, I actually yeah. think you're making good points. And if you're crow, if you're peacocking at the end of Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, this is game, not much would surprise me. Uh, and they, I, and well, I think the 49ers... I'm, I'm, I agree with you, too, that their best game is, is better. The other thing that, that doesn't matter is the everything that came before this game. If I beat the both of you in this lot, that's, it. it's, that's all that You're anyone will remember. I'll give you the... You want the trophy? I'll, well, uh, I will let's per- do a vote. I will purchase Who my own trophy. the trophy if... Uh, <laughs> I'd vote for me. i vote for you, too. Okay. Give Eric a vote, too. <laughs> Eric, what a- For one game. How many weeks have we had? I think... Um, I think I'm 17 and four right well, now. Well, that's, that's that that's, might be a record. You know. That might be a record. By the way, I I buy into uh, hashtag #EffortGate. I don't even know if some of the Niners defenders are going to show up for the game. <laughs> right. so like, I'm, I do not. I'm lazy. I'm laying on the couch. I'm, Wait, I'm we didn't get in. your sandwich prop. All right, so I'm going to do a very me thing because I got a, I got a, like a symbol from the sky um, earlier this week that in Las Vegas this week, yes, um, a player was bit by a coyote according I heard to about some that. reports. Yeah. Okay, a lot of people reaching out Down about by that. By the lake, um, right? And I, that's something that I said would happen a while back. Um, I, I often say things that will happen, and they happen, you know, down what the road. What did you say? That a player would lose. I believe it was a player would lose like some playing time by being bitten by an animal. Um, now, this, in this case, this is a little bit off. It's a little, mean, little too specific. I mean, we're just at this we're point, casting I'm, a wide net at this I'm point. I'm accepting well, that he probably did say I'm that, sure but I don't did. even remember. I'm sure it's, well, people are reaching out to me and saying this is true. I'm I, sure I, they know. are. Well, listen, I, I understand how this works with you guys, but <laughs> I, it's been too quiet in Las Vegas. It's been far too quiet. Okay, I like this. This city, it's Friday. Um, all of this business, this nonsense, this like look, yep. at, look at me business is about to Keep shut going. down, and it's about to become... Uh, an explosion of human yep. uh, non-virtue and problems <laughs> and bad choices and all sorts of stuff. And I am uh-huh. telling you, um, I'm not. I, I just think this energy will feed out to the entire NFL uh-huh. sphere. Uh-huh. That between now and the end of the game, uh-huh. a what I would call a far-reaching NFL story. You know when we get those? It's like when Bounty, oh, yeah. when Bounty Gate started. It's like, oh, you know we're going to be reporting on this for the next three or four months. Yeah. I'm not talking like two weeks or one week and then it disappears. It's like, this is going to go deep and going to go long and wide in terms okay. of like a story. 
a far-reaching NFL story that lasts for months will hatch before the game ends. Um, oh, but it can only be within the confines of the four quarters? Well, no, no, no. Or Between through the weekend? The minute I said this and the end of the game. What if something has already happened and it just hasn't been reported yet? I think that would qualify. Okay. Would it? I mean, but, not, but if it has it, not, if it happen, not if it happened in September, but if it happened. But happens, when does it have to be reported by? Sunday night? No, no, no. I would, I would say. Uh, really, we got, the bet has to close. Well, the wager's got to close on the Sunday show. In spirit, I would think that it would have to happen and we'd know about it by the end of the game. Okay. I'll go with that because I think otherwise we it need starts. That. Right. Or by the, end, by the time we get to this in the podcast, late Sunday night, which Stuff's is coming hours out. after Stuff's the game. Stuff's coming out. Stuff's coming out. Okay. And, it, I, and I think, I, but when one. I say far-reaching NFL story, I think we can agree on one that if we were back on the, on the news desk, you'd be thinking, headache, headache, headache sure. for weeks, months to come. I had something so. similar cooked up, so that's why I'm not going to take you on it because I, too, believe something's going to happen. Why that's, would you not take me on that? the most surprising. I, just, <laughs> I really I have a feeling it's the worst movie yet. something um, newsworthy uh, will move the needle, and yes. Isn't it too hushed? It's too hushed. Right. The uh, the 49ers having another alarm clock wake them up 15 minutes early does not qualify. It has no. to be massive, so I will take you up on this. Cam Newton's walking behind us with a cigar in his hand. You can't do that. What is this, 1986? I don't know. All right. They're smoking in our hotel all over the place. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, I walked down. Out, oh, out it out. is Vegas. Yeah, I walked out oh, of the hotel Vegas. number two. Uh, it's the last the old bastion war horses for smokers. Smoking, smoking men's cigarettes. Um, all right, there you go. Those are our uh, Super Bowl predictions. Those are our sandwich props. I stand with you on that one, Mark. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad that you do because I think that that suggests legitimacy. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's uh, take a break and then uh, we will uh, welcome in. Certain members of a certain team of a certain podcast. <laughs> Up next. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Yeah, you heard it. Our guest now joining us from the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins and KJ Osborne. Welcome to Around the NFL, fellas. And there's the chant. Can you can you picture it? It's almost your back. I can, I can feel it. Inside feel the it. building. I can feel it. That's, this is the best intro yet. Best stadium, right? Yeah, for sure. It, it, yeah, they hit a home run with it. Really well done. Um, Kirk. KJ, um, tell us uh, what you're doing here with Bounty. Let's get into that. Well, you know, you can't have, we've had some wings that we've set up at these different uh, stations, and you really can't have wings <laughs> without having Bounty paper towels. So, uh, it's true. So we're really, you know, understand a lot of people on Sunday watching the Super Bowl are going to have wings, they're going to have parties, they're going to have all kinds of good food. But can't make sure you wings. don't forget about the Bounty paper towels, because I've hosted some parties through college through yeah. the years where I forgot the paper towels, and yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, you, can't, you can't have football without wings. What if somebody brings the wrong paper towels? You just kick them out of the party. Oh yeah, for sure, you're bounty gone. only. Yeah, it has to be bounty. The you're big, out. It's, not, it's, not, it's not going to work. It's <laughs> not going to. I've always felt that. I agree. Um, tell us a little. Oh, here's a little. This is our 11th season at ATN, and every year we pick a team of around the NFL. Mm. This year we we picked the Vikings, and it was after Kirk's injury, and we 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 kind of said let's get behind this as an underdog story. Didn't quite work out, but. You, we had your backs all season long. We want you guys to know that. Love that. Yeah, appreciate it, man. What What's going on with the with the Achilles? Let's. I know you've been asked that seven thousand oh, times. Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah, so I'm three months in. Probably got about four months to go. I'm hoping I can get back. I expect to be able to get back for seven on seven in OTAs because you're you know you're safe there. You're just taking your drop back with nobody around you, making the throws. Um, I'm hoping to be able to do team drills too. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there, and then go into the summer break fully cleared, fully healthy. Um, but the first three months has been a positive experience. I was nervous because I haven't had surgery before, haven't had big rehab. But yeah. uh, you know, the surgery, the coming out with the cast and the, the scooter, and then the, the walking boot, and and now you know getting back in a shoe, um, it's been a real positive process. The Vikings training staff has been outstanding, and um, been a, been a good first three months. Yeah, KJ. Uh, yeah, I know. At this point in the season, when we chose you as a team of Round of the NFL podcast, clearly it. it Made big. Oh, <laughs> I think we just blew out everyone's ears. Uh, Sorry, guys. No, that was awesome. We're I, doing our best. Like, I am so excited that it happened. Eric, you're fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the team of ATN, you know, I, I'm sure that was big news in the locker room. You guys talking about it. We're now an international award-winning podcast. Uh, how did how did that feel to be embraced by by the podcast with, with Josh Dobbs and uh-huh. all the different uh-huh. quarterbacks that kind of went through there? Oh, we love it. We love it. any 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 love we get, man. We love it. We appreciate it. And uh, you know, we got a great fan base up there in Minnesota, so they they show us a, a ton of love as well. What was that like? That that end stretch of the season, which had some 
awesome ups. Mm -hmm. It had downs. It had a little bit of everything throughout right. that stretch. And you're without your leader, right. Kirk, but you have different quarterbacks who mm -hmm. come in and all sort of had their moments. And then, right. they, like, what was that whole season like? Because it, it feels like the Vikings are always a lot. Like, right. No matter what, there's a lot going on. Like right. it's it's a fun team to watch. Like the ups and the and the, a little bit of the downs. Yeah, man, it was a lot of ups and downs. But you know, whoever coach puts in there, that's what we're gonna rally around. And one of the things in the receiver room, we 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 say we try to be wide open. You know, so we try to make the job easier for the quarterback, man. For you know, we talked about the the 40 seconds that before the play clock that you know you guys don't hear on TV and everything like that, and the pre snaps and the motions and everything like that. If I if we are uh, up on our game as receivers, you know, we can help the quarterback out. And again, just being wide open for him. And uh, you know, any guy that, that coach puts it in there we're gonna trust them uh kirk can we call, talk a little carcassance i don't know if you've heard that thrown out i haven't heard that thrown out mm -hmm. That's so good to me. i really think obviously it's a well-known thing a year ago in honors you you came out as kirko chains in the in the famous team playing moment i really feel like and tell me if you agree or disagree from our standpoint on the outside it was like a turning point in how kirk cousins was seen like it was like oh these guys love playing with him uh You've always been a, a, a well-known as a good guy and a productive player, but did you feel like a change in, from the outside a little, how you're seen uh, yeah. after that kind of took off a little bit? Yeah, it was interesting. If I had known that, I probably would have been on a plane shirtless with chains on in like year two or three, but uh, it took till year 11 to figure that out. So uh, no, it certainly has, has created a bit of a change. I, I think I've kind of always been the same guy, but perception was probably different than reality. And uh, perceptions maybe catching up to reality a little <laughs> in some ways, and so uh, that's kind of where we stand now. KJ, like viewing Kirk a a as his teammate and as you know the, the leader in your huddle. Did y'all watch the Netflix show? And like, was there yeah. anything from it Love that, that you guys Netflix gave show. him some some grief about from the <laughs> Netflix show? I think a lot of people ended up loving that, that show no, and loved no, Kirk in I, it. I, I loved it. You know, a lot. Of, I got a lot of feedback from friends. We were trying to keep friends. it a secret during right. the season. Mm -hmm. So right. we were trying to be low-key. We didn't want it to be a distraction. Yeah. So if anything, the grief I got was we didn't, didn't even know. Us. You didn't tell like, us. Like, you didn't mm. tell us. We didn't and know, you know. It was, it was a little fishy because, you know, there was always cameras up at practice. I'm like, that's not the team. So I'm like, somebody's mic'd up every day, but nobody, you know, usually that stuff gets out. But it, it, was, it was a good secret. It was a good secret. Yeah, I, I, that was such a great look and I think maybe that also played into the Kirk Asants a little bit. I think it did. I think it yeah. did. And, and just seeing like um, the dedication it takes and after the season ended in the in the playoffs like you know you getting up early and spending the time with the family I mean it's it's I think it's good for people that haven't played the game um, to to see like the human side totally. and that show did that such a great job of yeah, that. Yeah that was yeah. the fun of it was that uh, we do cover a lot of the football. Maybe this show can cover the football and, and I think the and was what was so fun about it. Right. I, like, my my kid loves that show, and he he has like an hour of TV he gets to watch a day, and he's choosing to watch that show. <laughs> You're raising him well, Wait, right? Which, which kind of boggles my mind. So he so, forces his child to watch football content twenty four seven. We're, gonna, we're raising in. our kids the same way. <laughs> right. Like. I've seen the ex-players at NFL Network, how they train their kids to become NFL players. It's not going to happen with my body. So <laughs> I'm training know. him to be, to be a podcaster. There you go. Now, yeah. you, you guys are here at, you know, as teammates. Uh, your, your futures are, are somewhat yeah, up in the air going into Have you ever thought, KJ, of uh, seeing what Kirk's done as a businessman in his career? He's, Great he's gotten it done. Oh, yeah. Maybe you combine forces 
combine the leverage, you're right. stronger together <laughs> right. as a free agent tandem. Just the thought here. I've never even thought of that. Like, go to free agency as a <laughs> as, as a, a group, as a, as like a team, not as an individual. You seem like That's a Friends guy, idea. Kirk. Are you, did you watch Friends? I. Friends is a little bit ahead of my time, oh, and okay. it, it never really brag. resonated with me. So, so you totally mispegged me there. I'm not no, a Friends I'm guy. I'm sorry, and apologize. It's a bad <laughs> job by me. But they had a, an ingenious move where the six main cast members uh, mm. negotiated together. And like, oh, they did. Yeah, we get the same amount of money. I see. We go to the same place. Same KJ, amount of money. Align so with it's QB1 been done here. Before. It worked out. It was a record-setting show. Maybe we try the same thing. I would not be against, if I had to pick someone to team up with to do that, there you go. the guy to my right would be someone I would pick. So uh, Wingman, baby. that's a good idea. <laughs> How does it feel like this This time of year is just an awkward time? It is. Um, it's a good word for When you're for a it. little in between for, for both of you, just I guess, how are you feeling? What are you thinking go, going into it as free agents? Yeah, we've said March is the month, and we're yeah. in February. And the season ended January 7th, so you really have two months of no news, and, and you're not supposed to have news. It's just kind of a waiting game, and that's okay. So you have a lot of people asking about it when you run into them in town, and, and they want to know the Annoying. updates, and I say, I, I don't have any right. updates. I'll, I'll let you know March 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. That's when things will start to heat up. Yeah. Until then, there's no reason to have news because you really shouldn't. For sure. Oh, so this, this is my first time doing it, so uh, I'm, I'm going through it. I'm learning, and you know, I'm asking my agent. I'm asking guys, and you know, it got to be something you hear. it got to be you know something. And, I'm, I'm finding out the same way as Kirk is saying, you know, it just doesn't happen until it happens. Well, I'll say, and, and we're going to let you guys go because we know you're busy, but uh, I've always had a, a, I grew up a Jets fan. I, I wanted you to sign with the Jets a few years back. I remember that. Happen. But um, <laughs> the, uh, you, I feel like you found a home in Minnesota. You guys totally. have great chemistry as teammates. A lot of big time. Players. Let's run it back. Stay in Minnesota. <laughs> we don't need, but get paid. Do the friends thing. Get paid. <laughs> Do the friends, Do the friends thing. thing. <laughs> All right. Get some Cousins, leverage. Some leverage. AJ Osborne. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. We appreciate yeah, it. Great seeing you. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. All right, there goes... Kirk and KJ and and Mark's back in the picture. We should have mentioned that Mark stepped out because we didn't, you know, not a lot of mics and Mark needed a blow. I thought it was a little weird that Mark is still so anti-Minnesota Vikings from what happened with Team of Around the NFL. Did a walk-off. He refused to uh, interview, but it's nice to welcome you back. Well, it's, uh, you know, I I feel like I I, I could tell that I was missed. Um, It's really (laughs) evident. Like, it was just more talk space for the two of you. And so, um, fine, have a nice time with it. All right, so Mark is back, though, because we have one more guest. And this is, I mean, this is a little pop for this guest that it's the final guest of Super Bowl week at Radio Row. That shows how much um, we care and love Nikki Glazer. <laughs> the dregs. The great. <laughs> now, Friday is always list. the big spot. Oh, yeah, Friday oh, Nikki sure. Glazer, uh-huh. who is uh, a tremendously talented uh stand-up comedian and, and host, and you're doing all podcast hosts. You have your own podcast that is uh, emanating out of this very spot mm-hmm. right after we finish up. You're also... You're going to tu- be on it? I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, can't wait. And uh, you're touring relentlessly, all making that guap. Yeah. So check out uh, <laughs> Nikki's tour dates on... Tableside guap. Yep, at uh, <laughs> wherever, you, on all the socials. Nikki yeah. Glazer, welcome to Around the NFL. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. This is like um, a weird thing. Yeah, we go way back. We go way back. And Nikki and I, I remember... It's not weird for Mark and I. It's pretty normal. No, but I want to know. I want to know more. So, yeah. Way back in like 2008, when Nikki was first like fresh from St. Louis and, and college, yeah. and I was coming to L.A. to work with our buddies Bob and Jason Zumwalt, and they were doing these... Uh, videos uh, and, and doing so great stuff. And uh, Nikki was a fan as well of the work they were doing for yes. the post show, which yes. was um, Well, I met really your friend stuff. Bob. I was drunk in college one night, and I was a big fan of Best Week Ever. Bob worked on Best Week right. Ever. I followed the Best Week Ever blog on VH1. Mm. Bob did the blog. He had also posted his AIM screen name on the blog. Yes. And because I was a super fan, I was like, I'll just add him to my buddy list. So one night in college, I came back to my dorm. I was a little drunk. Uh-oh. And I was like, he's on? I'll just like, you know, instant message him. Back <laughs> in the, you know, I heard that, like the yeah. door open. And then uh, and then I became friends with him from just AIMing him once. And then he put me in some of his sketches when I went to New York. Yep. Probably was trying to make something happen uh, romantically. Never did. Mm. There was a how little you resi- I know Bob. I don't know how you resisted, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> there was a rooftop moment where I think we could have kissed, but I really like, I have a way of putting up a wall that lets people know, like, don't even try anything. To keep their dignity. It, yes, yeah, it's important. Yeah, it just, I, like, I have friends who get hit on all the time where I'll just be with them and guys will just be like, hey, you going to finish all that salad? Like, they'll just, guys mm, will just say stop. something. Don't do the salad bit. Or like, or like oh, I was walking with my friend in the park and some guy was just like, 
hey, do you dance? And he's leaning against oh, his motor- motorcycle. And he What's just, wrong with us? 20 feet away, goes, do yeah. you dance? And he's not talking to me. And I go, what? do people just ask you if you <laughs> dance? Like, And then she's like, that's, oh my God, no, I don't. And I go, don't, stop talking to us, sir. So I think I put up a, a wall right. with people. And especially. That's good, though. It's a skill. Like a friend zone thing. Because right. I just, I like being friends with men. And I don't want a weird thing to get in the way of that until I choose. I'm yeah, taking I, notes at the moment just about the tree thing and the leaning We're against learning. the tree. Don't, just leaning. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I put up a similar wall. It's why I really haven't gotten much attention from the ladies right. this week. But it's just obvious the wall. No one's there. ever asked me to dance in the park. And I know it all connects. But yes, I, it's I, all I, No one asked same. me either. I had yeah. to explore it and go, why am I not getting uh, um, and I wrote you. On. You had a, a Comedy Central show that Bob was a head writer on. Like yes, so, he we're was. all connected. And well, I was in that world uh, working with the guys in 2008, and we became friends. And I remember, like, because I was broke, you were broke too. I'd imagine at the time. And I remember yes. taking our buddy Brian's car, and I would drive you to like stand up sets occasionally. Yes. And you, it would be uh, so. It's Hopping kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of a uh, this full is all in Hollywood. It was this is a full circle moment. It's so great to have you here. And I need the reason why it was perfect. It was a lot of reasons why it was. Perfect why are Greg and I here? I don't I don't know, but I, I love having I'm you like, guys are literally yeah. in between you. The you know two of the greatest football minds in our country. <laughs> um, the reason I I thought it'd be a lot of fun is number one, you are um, a big Taylor Swift fan. That's where I, f- I feel yeah. I do belong here. Otherwise, I would feel like such a fraud and I would be really embarrassed to be here because I don't like being places I don't belong. And I feel <laughs> because of my Taylor Swift knowledge, even though most people would disagree with that, I do feel like this is the only year in which I belong here. Yeah, and like I remember when we got to know each other because I've always been a sports guy. Like yeah. You were very kind of anti-sports, like keep the sports away from me. And Because I'm scared of what I don't understand, Dan. <laughs> it's, not, it's not because I... I hate what yes. I don't know, and I don't, I don't seem to really understand football. And and uh, it's been explained to me many times. I'm I'm starting to understand it, but I just don't understand how millions of people understand this very complicated game like second nature. There's no That's like fair. training you guys go through. I I always ask my friends like, so where did you learn that that is? What did you when did you learn what offsides mm. were? Whatever right, like right. these like <laughs> did you ask your dad? Was there a, a course in school like? You guys start playing football as little kids. Like, do they explain all the little intricacies of it? Like, how do you learn it's all a, these? It's a daunting sport to kind of jump into the water. Video games cold. is Video a big games. part okay, of it. Okay, okay. That was that a big ex- thing, yes. It. But so here's a, here's a data point. So sure. Shriver mentioned a report from Apex Marketing Group that estimated more than $330 million in brand value mm-hmm. Taylor Swift has brought to the NFL and the Chiefs. I don't know what really any of that means, but I do know I that Swift... And uh, the NFL uh, is on people's radar because it is these two massive giants of culture. Yeah. And you are someone now, you're watching the games? Like, are you amongst mm-hmm. the, the, like, maybe millions of people that are now watching football for the first yes. time? Would you, I, would you continue to watch it if she wasn't involved? Yeah, I think so. Well, because it also lined up the time when Taylor Swift started going to games was also when my boyfriend moved in with me. And he's a huge football fan and watches most of it. And so... Um, that was when it just started being on all the time. So just to enjoy being around that, I had to start like understanding it. So I think that I he was gone watching a game recently, and I turned on the game, and Taylor wasn't even there because mm. I did care, and I felt so cool. Oh, wow. Because for the first time in my life, I, I was on the phone with a friend who was going through a breakup, and I'm like talking to him on speakerphone. I have the game on mute. And I felt so cool because at one point he's crying about something. I go, no! And I, <laughs> I did the thing that men do where they react and then the person on the phone goes, what's going on? And you go, oh, I'm just, I can't believe she said that to you or texted you that. 
I felt so cool that I had like a man moment where you react <laughs> to, and not just men, but like mostly react to something that happened and I understood what was happening. It's like, it's been a, an education, but it's 100% based on Taylor Swift. And um, I will say that, you know, I'm one of these people that has an unhealthy relationship in my mind with her of like, she's like my friend or whatever. And, and I know that disgusts some people and, and confounds people as well. But it's <laughs> it, it truly is a thing. Like when she won um, last week at the Grammys, uh, I... I I felt this like, oh, it's like my friend is winning. Like I felt that kind of joy. Mm. And I thought that's, that's so ridiculous. How do, well, she's not my friend. I don't know her. Why do I feel this? Is that really how I feel? And then I go, actually, I've had friends win Emmys and it's the exact same feeling that I had. So mm. I do, I do feel like she's my friend. And so when she first started dating Travis, I was like the- Travis, I just like your first name basis with him. It's great. Yeah, is, that's where we're at as Swifties, yeah. I think. When Travis, <laughs> and when Trav and she, first um when he first gave the friendship bracelet i remember being <laughs> so annoyed and being like who does he think he is and him being like i wanted to meet her after but she was too busy and it's just like yeah she's because i didn't know anything about right. him i just thought he was just some guy and was getting headlines because he talked about her so i was like because this is a thing if you talk about taylor swift you'll get your name your face next to hers in some kind of mm. headline if you say anything and suddenly we're, we're you aiming are, for it right now exactly and yeah. and i've never done I'm that kidding. intentionally but yes i get my name next to hers on headlines sometimes because i have a lot of opinions but i just thought it was his attempt to like but he's not like that at all it comes to find out and it it worked is the wild oh, thing yeah. that that worked like being that bold and um when she first got with travis i was like oh no like she's gonna be a football girly like i've never related to girls that like football like I'm losing her, you know, like, it's like when my friends have kids, I'm just like, I don't, we'll re I won't relate to them anymore. We won't care about the same things. And then I said, try to let this in. And I was able to, and I feel like she, yeah, she, I, 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 if she ever has a baby though, that's when I'm out. That's well, why I go. You're I, moving on at I that can, point. I can't have a, I, it's, it's too, too late much. for me. It's a bridge too far. Yeah. She gone. <laughs> yeah, she gone. A, li a little Kelsey baby. Like, but yeah, I'm into it now. I feel like the two groups, I mean, you should, you should see like, when football fans are like, why would, you know, Taylor Swift fans get so into this or follow this person around that they don't even know and get emotionally <laughs> involved. Yes. I'm like, there's a 70,000 person stadium of people whose entire weeks or months or lives or years are going to rise or fall based on what happens on that field. And like, whenever we're in person, it always strikes me as like, oh yeah, these are just like other people doing this thing and they actually have no relation to me whatsoever and the, the people on the Patriots really aren't that different than the people on the Colts even though I've built up in my mind it's like we're yes. having the exact same parasocial relationships yeah. it, it's nice to put yourself into that, something yeah. that you have no control and over you, that's really thank you for saying that because I've always that's what I've envied envied about sports fans is that you have this community and this passion and this thing where you can get so excited about these events you look forward to and I just never had that until I became a Swifty and suddenly I have mm. this community of people where we're all rooting for this, nice. the same I thing like and it, it feels really good and and yeah she can own the only place she plays now are places that are made for football. So it's like it is the same thing. There's it's, a connection. It's a huge connection. It's it, everyone dresses up. Everyone, but uh, I've been to ten, uh, nine eras concert tours in oh. the past year, and I'm going to three next week. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm getting Where? up there. Australia. Look at you. Whoa. I know. I didn't go there for it. I'm just there for a wedding, and she happens to be there, so I'm going. But um, and people go, how could you go that many times? And it's like. Because it's just, it's just a great, like, people go to see games that many times, but um, my team always wins. 
Mm. Always. There's no <laughs> disappointment. Yeah, when I, like, uh, I, I find a comparison here because when I was very young, I'd moved back from England. These guys are tired of hearing about this. But my mom woke me up one morning in like 1984 and we went down and watched um, the old, very old television set. It was the Charles and Di wedding. It started at like four in the morning and we sat there and like, it, I'll never forget watching that. And I kind of think with where our culture is a little bit, that this is the perfect kind of our version of Charles and Diana a little bit on some level. But my question more would be, because it makes so much sense culturally for like the football star to date like the rock icon. Yes. And maybe the roles are a little reversed. She's the royalty. But would a, um, do you think the rock icon would date someone who podcasts about football <laughs> stars? Would that have the same hold That's over an question. the culture? I think, yeah, I think we will love whoever she loves. But this is certainly playing into like, you know, she's always been the like, uh, she has a, a song called F- uh, 15 where she's like, you'll do things greater than you'll do things greater than dating the boy on the football team. Like where mm. it's like she has all these illusions throughout, like I wear short skirts, she's on the bleacher, sure. well, all that stuff. It's all been like leading to this. And I do think it will last a really long time. I don't think it'll last forever because I don't think many things do, especially with the pressure of. Uh, you know, but I think I, I think that sh- this will go the distance. I think they'll have kids. I think they'll get married and all that. I don't think there's a proposal coming. You want to put no a sandwich way. on it? Yeah. All right. I'd love to. We do sandwich props. Yeah. But they will have children. Long yes, running. By tw- right. I will get an announcement 2025 December of a, oh, a baby so on like the way. That. Nikki's hanging onion on the show. They'll, they'll be a, a very mark good. like I'm to get saying, too specific. Let me predict it now. <laughs> wedding ju- summer of 25 announcement of baby in December. That's a beautiful prediction. By the way, do you have our, our opening? Because I think she might recognize the voice. I think Nikki will like this. Let's see. It's a test. Oh, I know who this is already. Around the NFL. Jason Zumwalt. That's it. So this is such a, a fun, cool thing to have Nikki here. And you, by the way, check out Nikki on the Good Girl Tour. If you're at the wedding and see your fame is reaching levels where it's like, oh, I got a million Instagram followers and my friend is getting married in Australia, I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, if you can go to Australia for the wedding and then catch Taylor a few times, Nikki, I'm proud of you, I guess is what I'm saying, I've as a friend. Yeah. $30,000 on Taylor Swift <laughs> tickets. I'm not getting, I mean, I'm getting some it's here and there. I get a little deals or like insider, like, you can buy tickets for $700 instead of 7000 but I'm not getting any shortcuts from my fame. Mm. I don't think I want to be friends with her. Okay, it would it would, it. it's it would, too heavy. Yeah, it's too heavy. And you're also the host of F Boy Island, which Mark, I know yes. you auditioned for. <laughs> I'm Didn't sorry, it? Mark. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next time. We and of just, course, we can't allow shirts in the swimming pool, <laughs> and, and you refuse <laughs> to take it off. Take it off, Mark. <laughs> and finally, see. the Nikki Glazer podcast, which I'm, uh, I think, about to do with you. Yes, I'm so excited. Awesome. And that wraps up uh, our. Our week of shows here at Radio Row. Next time you hear from us, it will be the flagship program, Super Bowl 58. Uh, check it out. I mean, if you listen to these shows, you're going to listen to that one. But uh, So I don't need to sell it. But, you know, listen. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you, everybody behind the scenes. Uh, Eric, thank you, buddy. Great we week four, by Eric. We had four old fashions with Eric and even guilted Rosenthal into one. So that was a big, big development also. Highlight of the week, guys. Highlight of the week. All right. Love you, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Till Sunday. Heed the call. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Land.com can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own and do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with the family you want. Just know that getting your own piece of land is something that can generate memories for generations, but also has the ability to generate income in both the near and long term. Like if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound. Go to Land.com and check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is a place to find and invest in your open space you can rent a car a house even that little black party dress so why not rent the stuff you need for your home too the place to do it is errands choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love online or in store pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever but if life changes you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new rent what you need it's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.